Who doesn't like good underdog story? We like to go for the little guy, right? The little guy who's up against insurmountable circumstances. And whether it's a sporting event or whether it's some kind of life situation, we like to vote for the guy, the gal, who doesn't seem like they're going to be able to make it against the odds. And we like being able to watch as they find out things about themselves, as they find out things about life, and they, they overcome their own fear, or they get over themselves sometimes, and they do what they have to do to be able to muster up enough courage to stand before their so-called giant, right? And when we hear underdog stories, we say it's a classic David versus Goliath battle. We like to have the little guy go against the big guy so we can root for the little guy to take over the big guy. Does that, that sound right? Yeah. You've seen Captain America. It's an underdog story, right? All these stories of the little guy, the one who didn't seem to have it all together, being able to overcome great odds. Well, friends, just because we like underdog stories, I'm not so sure that God likes underdog stories, at least not in the same way we do. I I, I was reading the Exodus story one time, and I was reading how, how Moses was leading the people of God out of Pharaoh's grasp, and I was reading how, how they were able to overcome their circumstances and situations, they were able to, to have, be freed from Pharaoh's hand, I got to thinking, yeah, Moses is like the underdog, alright, he's the one, he's not sure of himself, doesn't feel like he's qualified, doesn't feel like he's good enough, he's up against Pharaoh, and if you don't know this about Pharaoh, when it comes to authority, when it comes to control, and when it comes to, I will do whatever I want to do to you, you don't top Pharaoh. We have pictures, we have pictures that we see of what Pharaoh would do to you if you crossed him. And it usually involves ripping out your tongue or cutting off a hand or two. So you remember last week when we talked about Moses having a good excuse not to want to go see Pharaoh? There it is. And I thought, yeah, Moses is this great underdog. And he's up against this huge foe. And it's good and it's fun to watch him overcome all that insecurity and overcome his weakness and defeat Pharaoh. But then I got to thinking a little bit more. You see, this is a story that has been passed down to us many generations. And as much as we talk about Moses and as much as we talk about the people of God and even as much as we talk about Pharaoh, those people are not at the center of this story. The center of the Exodus story is, take a guess, God. The story is not about Moses. It's not about the people of God. It's certainly not about Pharaoh. It's about God. This is not an underdog story. Because as the people of God are hearing this story, rereading it year after year after year, generation after generation after generation, they know what happens to Pharaoh. They know Pharaoh doesn't have a shot against God. This is not little Moses versus great Pharaoh. This is awesome God versus Pharaoh, Pharaoh. Oh, let my people go. That's right. If anybody's the underdog in this story, it's Pharaoh. 
Because you have God saying, I have heard the cry of my people and it is time to do something about it. And, and, and whether, whether it's in a, a tough situation, whether it's for a daily bread, God provides for God's people. God looks after God's people. God takes care of his people. This side got it. God takes care of his people. So as God realizes it's time to do something, after he's heard the cry of his people, he sets out a plan, the perfect point in history, and he says it's time to let my people go. It's not an underdog story. But it is kind of strange. Because here you have this awesome God with Moses. And Moses is here in the presence of God. You remember at the burning bush that's on fire, not being consumed. Moses is standing on holy ground. I'm also thinking he's thinking, holy cow. And it's in this experience God tells him, I've heard, and it's time for me to do something. (laughs) Okay, fine. Go ahead and do something. Okay, I will. Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him I said to let my people go. And of course, you remember, Moses has what? He's got a few excuses. And who can blame him? I've heard some good excuses from people in church these days, and I'm sure Moses was okay with his excuses too. But realizing that story, God never says, you know what, you're right, Moses. I'll just go find somebody else. I'll go look for somebody more qualified. I'll go find somebody smarter than you. I'll go find somebody prettier than you. I'll go find somebody that can really do what I want them to do because yeah, I, know, I, I didn't realize you couldn't do it. God never lets up on Moses, no matter how many excuses he has. So, so Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him, let my people go. <laughs> how am I supposed to do that? And then God asks him a question. And I think it's a question that we need to hear this morning, God asked Moses, what's in your hand? This? Uh, it's a stick. I use this with my sheep to do my sheep herding thing. When friends come over, I like to impress them. You didn't know that about me, did you? Uh, but it's just, it's just a stick. I said, we'll throw it on the ground and see what happens to it. And of course, he throws it on the ground, and it becomes a snake, and all the pastors said, uh-uh. We've had snakes in this church, and don't call me to come get them, y'all. James got it. James got it. I'll call you, brother. But... God tells Moses, now pick it up. Of course, this is where Pastor John would have a million excuses. (laughs) But Moses picks it up. 
becomes a staff again. And then he does another weird thing. He says, you know, put your hand in, 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 your, in your cloak. So he does, and when it comes out, it's full of leprosy. And you, know, you just think of what Moses is thinking, and God says, well, put it back in and take it out again, and then it's cured again. It seems kind of weird to us. And, but what I want you to realize is what God is saying, what's in your hand, Moses? It's a stick to you. But it's something you've had with you probably just about every hour of the day. You know what to do with this thing. You know how to use it. You know how to make sure it serves you. And what I want you to realize is that's what I'm going to use to free my people. Not a stick. Not even you. But my power through you and your stick. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? God says, give me what's in your head and I can let my people go. What's in your hand? See, as we're trying to figure out what our God-sized mission is, what we can do to serve God, we try to figure out why in the world we were ever put on this earth. Sometimes it's got to begin with what's in our hand. What do you do? That you're good at. What do you do that people know you for? What do you do that you even get enjoyment out of? What do you do that is the part of who you are every day? I want you to start there. I want you to realize that if you begin with what you already know you have, whatever kind of gift or whatever kind of concern that maybe you have that someone else doesn't, God says, well, what's in your hand? Here it is. You give it to me. And I can do great things with it. Amen. See, we have this funny feeling that, oh, I'm just a little guy and I don't know nothing and I mean nothing. And me, 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 me. <laughs> Boo hoo. But see, this is not a story about you and it's not a story about your circumstance. It's still, even today, a story about. God just says, what's in your hand? Let my power work through you and work through what's in your hand. And watch what happens. Oh, just you watch. Oh, they're going to tell stories about you. Oh, they're going to laugh and they're going to rejoice when they hear about the things that you were able to do when you got over yourself, when you got over your excuses and you said, God, here it is. This is what I have to give to you. This is all I got. It's yours now. Do something with it, God. People will celebrate. But that's only where you start. See, because we have this crazy idea, some of us, that uh, God wants you to be comfortable. <laughs> and that God wants you to do all the things that you like to do. Friends, that is a lie. If you believe that lie, if you recite that lie, God will put a group of people in front of you and tell you to preach in front of them. <laughs> it is where you begin. But what you realize as you learn how more and more... Learn to give what you have to God and let God use that. God says, okay, that's good. Now let's try something else. Now be careful. This may hurt a little. This may make you a little uncomfortable. But 
It's still not a story about... It's still a story about... Y'all with me? But you got to start with where you are. you got to start with what's in your hand. I've suggested to you before the last several weeks that sometimes you just got to get out of the truck. You remember that? You know, we, we got so much going on right before us, but we're just so content that we're just not even going to pay attention to it. And we need to get out and be able to see the world that God has around us. But then we realize it's not even good enough just to see. We had a, a nice little get together last night. I got to tell you, I felt so old at one point. <laughs> They were playing all this music that, you know, the kids like to hear. And, man, I was complaining about it and going on and on. But to my defense, I wasn't so much complaining. Like, it wasn't that it was too loud or anything. I was more, um, like, making fun of them. <laughs> Let's just be real, guys. Some of the music y'all listen to. No. Go home and read a lyric or two, okay? And just... <laughs> So I told <laughs> So I told DJ to put on some good stuff. Put on some Marvin Gaye, man. Huh? Oh, and he did. It was so good. He put on one of my favorite songs, especially when we're all get together. It's just hard to hear the song and just, you know? <laughs> Marvin Gaye talks about in this song that um, I used to go out to a party and stand against the wall. You know that song? I should have loaded it up for you, Brian. We could have just had some fun right here. Yeah. Talks about how we used to go out to a party and just stand against the wall while everybody else is here having fun. Talks about just standing there to himself because he's too shy and too nervous to do anything else. But then finally gets to a point where he says, man, I'm here to do something. And he gets out because he can't contain it anymore. He gets out on the floor with everybody else because the power there is just so overwhelming. He just can't help but want to join in in the fun and everything else. And I want to suggest to you, only so long that you can stand against the wall while God is doing powerful stuff over here. That at one point you got to say, it's time to get off the wall. It's time. Get in the mix of the stuff that God is doing all around me. It's time to get off the wall. It may even be time to get out of the pew. I did a sermon once called The Pew's Blues. And of course, the church people thought, oh, I was talking about how empty the pews were. And I said, no, I'm actually worried about how full they are. Because sometimes we have this idea, maybe we don't put it into so many words, but this is what we communicate, and by our actions, this is kind of what we're saying, that God put us on this earth, that our single purpose here is to get up early on Sunday morning and come to church and listen to some guy talk. Now, that's a very good thing to do, if I do say so myself. (laughs) But you know, God didn't put you on this earth so that you can, like, stuck in here. You know, this is a place where we come week after week where 
we, we touch base with each other, where we, we pray for one another, where we see each other's face, where we sing and worship God together. But this is not the end of our faith here in these four walls. When God asks you what's in your hand, he didn't say, now take it on to the church and stay there with it. He told Moses, it came the time when Moses had to say, all right, I'm going to turn the lights out, Moses, on the bush. And now I need you to go to Pharaoh. And I kind of wonder if sometimes we miss the fact that when we give God what God needs from us, sometimes all we do is say, "Ah, that felt good. I was blessed. When God is really saying, would you get up off that wall and get out of here and go do something? Let my people go. Friends, I want you to do something. I want you to look at your hands. Pretty hands, right? Some of you got like, some of you got your mani this week, right? Looking all good and stuff. My kids make fun of me because I got a crooked finger, whatever, you know, but our hands look all different. But I want you to think about the work. You do with your hands. I want you to think about what you enjoy doing with your hands. And I want to see if you can have the courage and the faith enough to say, God, do something with it. Do something. Do something. And if you're willing to do that, would you pray with me now? God, the great thing is that you have blessed us. You have blessed us with talent, with skill, with concern. You have blessed us, God, with ability and insight and wisdom. And God, it's our prayer this morning that you would help us be able to offer these things to you so that by your power, you could do great things in us. And through us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.